Hello, and welcome to Breakaway, Leadership for a Sound Mind and Body, brought to you by the University of Michigan Leadership Collaborative, a community dedicated to advancing leadership learning across the university for students who seek to develop and progress as leaders. I'm James McRae, Director of Camp Michigania, and I'm your guide on this podcast journey. In this series, we are asking you to break away from the norms of your daily routines to explore the challenges that leaders face in developing healthy habits that fuel the mind and body. So I'm inviting you to take this opportunity to do something that you consider active while we engage you mentally. What can scholarship applications teach us about leadership? Today, we'll be talking to Zalma Palomino, who just became U of M's 29th Truman Scholar. Zalma will share her application experience, her future leadership plans, and what she learned from the process. We'll also learn about the Office of National Scholarships and Fellowships at U of M. This office works with candidates for some of the world's most famous and prestigious awards, in which leadership is one of the most common criteria. So now, let's all break away. Take just a moment to think about your answer to two questions. If you had two free years at the University of Oxford in England, what would you study and why? If you had $30,000 to complete a self-designed fellowship year anywhere in the world after graduation, where would you go and what would you do? Welcome to this episode of the Breakaway Podcast. My name is Henry Dyson, and I'm the director of U of M's Office of National Scholarships and Fellowships. These are just some of the fun questions that I get to ask U of M students every day. Our office recruits, prepares, and selects candidates for some of the most prestigious scholarships in the world. Have you heard of the Rhodes Scholarship? The Rhodes Scholarship provides two to four years of postgraduate study at Oxford. Famous Rhodes Scholars include politicians such as President Bill Clinton and Senator Cory Booker, as well as physician authors such as Atul Gawande and Siddhartha Mukherjee, journalists such as Rachel Maddow, and many, many more. Over the last 100 years, 30 U of M graduates have been selected as Rhodes Scholars, including three in just the last five years. To compete in the national competition for one of these scholarships, Students must first submit their application materials and letters of recommendation to ONSF. A faculty nomination committee reads the applications, interviews the candidates, and selects a few top candidates as U of M's nominees. Does that sound intimidating? It certainly can be, but the purpose of ONSF is to prepare potential applicants for this process, especially those who've never thought of themselves as potential candidates. Our mission is to expand and diversify U of M's applicants to these prestigious awards. I'm so proud that our recent recipients of these awards have included first-generation college students, transfer students, Pell Grant recipients, and students from a wide variety of backgrounds and identities. Please visit our website at lsa.umich.edu backslash ONSF and flip through the slideshow on the front page to read more about these amazing students. We're also very committed to the educational value of the process itself. While we're really lucky if we have one Rhodes Scholar each year, every student who comes to ONSF for advising will have the opportunity to articulate their story, who they are, where they're going, 
and how their U of M education is preparing them for that journey. So how do you become a candidate for one of these scholarships? While academic excellence is typically one requirement, it remains more than just your GPA. We also care about activities such as research and rely more heavily on what your recommendation letters say than just your GPA. At least as important and sometimes far more important depending on the scholarship are your demonstrated leadership potential and commitment to service in your co-curricular activities. Our top candidates are committed to leadership for the public good. The committees for these scholarships want to know that the recipients will use the opportunities and prestige that they afford to tackle important issues in the future and that they will be effective leaders as they do this work. So our question for this episode is, what can national scholarships teach us about leadership development? In just a moment, I'm gonna introduce Selma Palomino, one of our recent recipients of the Truman Scholarship. But before I do, I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about the work that ONSF does with students. Now, my academic background is in philosophy. So if what I say next sounds a bit abstract, stick with me for just a few minutes. I often talk with students about first order leadership development activities and second order leadership development activities. Here's what I mean by that distinction. First order activities are where you actually do the work of leading. This play takes place in your student organizations, in research, in internships, or other co-curricular commitments. You might be thinking of holding a, an elected leadership position in an organization. But really, a leadership position is, at best, an opportunity to lead. We can think of lots of examples of people in leadership positions who aren't leading, or at least not leading effectively. And we can also think of lots of examples of people who are leading effectively from different positions within an organization. So as I talk with students about their first order activities, we look for good examples of leadership in action. Second order activities are one level up. They provide a framework for reflection and thinking about what you're doing in your first order activities. Examples might include participating in the Barger Leadership Institute, Leadership, or one of the many other leadership development programs at U of M. These programs give you a vocabulary for thinking about leadership. They provide an opportunity for articulating your own particular leadership strengths and your growth areas, and for illustrating these with stories drawn from your first order activities. Does that distinction between first order and second order activities make sense? Applying for a national scholarship through ONSF is a second order activity. Our scholarship applications provide a concrete way for each applicant to articulate what leadership means for them, then to talk about how they're developing as leaders and to practice telling their leadership stories. You see, leadership is a good example of what philosophers call a thin concept. What I mean by this is the term leadership gets stretched and pulled to cover so many different situations that it risks losing any descriptive content. This is especially true at a place like Michigan, where we're all supposed to be the leaders in the best. When I start working with a potential candidate for a national scholarship, some of the first questions that I ask are, what is your future career trajectory? And what does leadership look like in the specific context of that career? We might then come up with some concrete examples of people who are already leaders 
in the field that the candidate's interested in. Finally, we start to unpack the experience that the candidate has had so far at U of M or that they plan to have in the future that are preparing them to be effective leaders in their specific field. This gives them a much thicker or more personalized description of leadership, which will serve as a basis for their scholarship application. As I said before, every student who applies for an ONSF supported scholarship will receive this benefit from the process. It's also a mindset that I hope you'll cultivate in future applications. We're all going to apply to many things in our lives. Even if you're not a fit for a specific scholarship that we administer in ONSF, I hope that you'll visit the resources page and my director's blog on the ONSF website to think about how you can turn your next application into a learning experience to reflect on what leadership means for you. Okay, enough philosophy. Let's hear from a student who has just completed one of these application journeys. In April, 2022, Selma Palomino became the 29th student in the history of U of M to win a Truman Scholarship. Now the Truman Scholarship is absolutely one of my favorite programs to work with because it's for future leaders in public service. Famous Truman scholars include civil rights activist and author Michelle Alexander, Stacey Abrams, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, the list goes on and on. As one of the world's leading public institutions, I'm very proud that we have such a flourishing process for recruiting and preparing applicants for this scholarship. In each of the last two years, we've had three finalists and a winning Truman Scholar from U of M, and you can read more about them on ONSF's website. I also love that the Truman Scholarship happens during junior year because it allows us to work with students while they're still here at U of M and apply what they learn in their senior year. Our 2021 Rhodes Scholar, Amy Tess applied for the Truman Scholarship in her junior year. She was a finalist, but she didn't win. And that's pretty common, actually. Even our really exceptional candidates don't always win. But Amy Tess took what she learned from the Truman application in her junior year and used it in her successful application for the Rhodes Scholarship in senior year. The process of applying for the Truman Scholarship is pretty arduous. I often start working with candidates as early as sophomore year. Applications are due in the fall semester of junior year. Applicants write essays about their leadership experience, their commitment to public service, the issues they want to tackle in their public service careers, the graduate program that they hope to attend, and their early career plans. They even submit a policy proposal on an issue of their choosing. In support of their applications, they'll seek three letters of recommendation. These letters speak to their academic preparation for graduate school, their demonstrated leadership potential, and their commitment to service. Our top candidates will be interviewed by a panel of U of M faculty and administrators. If they're selected as national finalists, they'll be interviewed by a panel of Truman scholars who are national leaders in various fields. The whole process takes until about mid-April if a candidate goes all the way. Selma just completed this marathon last year. She was one of five students who U of M nominated. As I mentioned before, three of these nominees became national finalists, and Selma emerged as our Truman Scholar. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Selma and to tell us some about what she learned through this leadership process. Welcome to the podcast, Selma. Uh, can you introduce yourself by talking a little bit about your interests and how they came about? 
course. Thank you so much for having me, Henry. I'm glad to speak about the Truman Scholarship and really anything to encourage um, people to really be able to apply to this great opportunity. So really to answer your first question um, and introduce myself a little bit. So I'm from Detroit, um, grew up in Detroit in a predominantly Latinx community. Um, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother alongside my sister. So I really always had um, Latina women as really great role models growing up. And I guess something else too that kind of like ties into my interests is that even though I grew up in a very strong community of people, I also grew up in a school system that, you know, lacked resources and neighborhoods that were really impacted by, you know, poor policies and disenfranchisement. Um, and so really how my interest came about is really focusing on the Latinx community and broader democracy, whether that means better schools, voting access, having that political representation in government that have both shaped my academic and career interest. Great. Can you tell me about how you found out about the Truman Scholarship and when you started to think that applying for something like this was worth your time and effort? Yeah, so as I think that like as a first generation college student, I didn't really know much about like what next steps looked like for me um, after college or really how I would even begin to prepare for that. So really, I think that I was really lucky to be friends with, um, you know, Juliana Colado and Hilal Bazi, both who, who were a year ahead of me and had applied the year before me and both became finalists for the Truman Scholarship. And I think that I saw particularly with my friend Jules that it really taught her how to articulate her experiences, all the leadership she has done around campus and outside of campus. And just really, I really saw her hone in onto her academic interests and really help her, like how that helped her um, in her, her graduate school pursuit and like really think about the careers and next steps that she wanted to do. So I really thought that um, besides what the Truman Scholarship could offer, like I think that would have really benefited me. And that's really what got me to apply as well. I think you and I started talking about the end of your sophomore year. And so you know, Jules, you had known uh, through La Casa and she had just gone through the Truman process uh, and become a finalist. How did you know Halal? Halal, actually, he was one of the student leaders in Pilot, which is a student organization that served first generation low income students and really served as um, a mentorship program. So as a junior in high school, actually, I was one of the students who came up to, to one of their programs called the Big House Program. And really through that program, they were able to help, you know, students from the Detroit and Metro Detroit area to apply to college. So I think really it was through their support that I got to U of M. And ever since then, like I've had that connection to, to Hilal. Fantastic. Um... The key questions for the Truman Scholarship are, what does your future career trajectory look like? How is that a public service career? What does leadership look like in that career? Can, can you talk about how the Truman application process helped you to answer these questions? Yeah, so like many students, uh, like many students, I'm super thoughtful like about my career goals and other future future goals, but I'm also like, obviously like other students busy with classes and service and work and other leadership opportunities. So I think really what the Truman application did was it kind of like forced me to sit down and spend time identifying, like identifying those future goals, whether those are academic or professional. 
And I think that the application asked questions that were really helpful for me to consider as a junior because it allowed me to translate those experiences that I had in undergrad and really translate it into a possible career trajectory. And I think that now as a senior that is currently applying to grad school, um, the Truman Scholarship application process definitely accelerated um, my grad school application process. And I say that because I feel that it prepared me um, for it in terms of thinking about my purpose for applying, being able to articulate my experiences and like what, what is leading me to this, as well as help me narrow down um, the schools and programs that I'm con now considering. So I, I'm familiar with this trajectory because we've been through this in, in you know, uh, numerous essays and practice interviews, but for the listeners who don't know, tell them what graduate programs you're applying to this fall and, and what the, the early career is that that graduate program is setting you up. The, the things that you wrote about on the, the Truman essays, you know, 12, 13. Yeah, so I think for my Truman application, um, I wrote about applying to the University of California, Los Angeles um, Master's in Public Policy program. And honestly, the, the Truman Scholarship made me research a bunch of different um, graduate graduate um, programs, but with this one in particularly, the more that I looked into it, I realized that there was different opportunities like um, like research centers and like faculty that are doing the work that I want to do. And honestly, before I started the Truman application process, like this is not something that I thought about. I didn't think about like the ways I would need to consider faculty and like other opportunities outside of classes um, that would really help me. Um, narrow down which programs I would want to apply to. Um, and in terms of what I wrote for early career trajectory, I wrote about working for a national civil rights organization. Like I'm really passionate about, you know, voting rights access for communities of color and what it means to have a representation and really be able to have that agency to make um, a difference at a national level and really just bridge that national discourse with local communities. And that's just really what I'm interested in. And so I think that like through the Truman application, I was able to seek that out in the programs that I was looking into. I realized as I asked that question that I, I fell into Truman lingo between the two of us. So uh, for, for, for listeners who don't know what I mean by a, a Truman number 13 essay, uh, the Truman Scholarship doesn't just ask for one personal statement. There are literally 14 short answer questions that, that you complete and they take you through a guided reflection process. One of the reasons I, I, I love that application. The, the number seven essay in that series, really one of the pivot points of the application as a whole is a story that demonstrates the leadership potential that you'll carry forward in your future career. Tell us about what you wrote in that, that leadership story. Mm -hmm. So I think that overall, um, my materials had a, a coherent theme to them, right? So it was really just focusing on Latinx community and democracy and what that means, um, specifically through voting rights. Um, I think in terms of my leadership essay, I described how La Casa, which is U of M's Central Latinx Student Organization, pivoted or welcome program ALMA for first year and transfer students from an in-person delivery to a virtual delivery. 
But I think what was important about that was that we not only kept the program, but we expanded the program support during the pandemic, during a time where, you know, students and families who would have been impacted if we didn't have the program would have been in a much more vulnerable position. So yeah, the IMA was what, what I wrote about in that essay. So probably one of the most intimidating parts of the, the Truman application, if you make it all the way to the, the, the finals, is the national interview. And I, I don't even know that you and I have talked about your interview uh, in, in a whole lot of detail. Can, can you tell us who was on your interview panel? What kind of questions did they ask you about your past leadership and about your future career trajectory? Yeah, so to just to give a little bit of context, the interview is lasted 20 minutes um, and included, I believe, about nine questions. And I did have seven interviewers, all who were um, who are Truman um, scholars and who are currently national leaders. Um, so I think that the majority of my questions came directly from my application materials. And it so it focused like very heavily on race, my academic interests um, and identifying um, I guess, I mean, my identity and really just particularly like advocacy for the Latinx community. Um, so I think a big part of it is one for you to be able to, or for me to be able to articulate my leadership as well as being able to respond to difficult questions. So I know definitely they asked some questions that I think were meant to throw me off a little bit. So I think for example, like they, they asked me like, how are you dealing with racism? And that question can take so many twists and turns, can be answered in so many different ways. And there really isn't no right or wrong answer, but really what the committee wants to see is how you're able to think through an idea, how you're able to respond to a difficult question. Um, and I think the other questions were a lot more reflective. So I think about the ones I asked about my leadership. Um, so I believe one of them was like, if I left a like a, a group of people that I was leading, what are some things that they would say say that I get right in my leadership or that I get wrong in my leadership? So really it's just getting yourself to think about like, also oh, here are the qualities that I think really help me as a leader and here's some some space for some space for improvement. So really it's just like holistically thinking about academics, how are you going to respond to difficult questions and like really, what are the things you've done on campus and at, like at large, as well as um, really just reflecting on your leadership is really what it comes down to it. Cause that's what they want to see that you're committed to, to public service and being a leader um, at large. That, that's a great question. I think I'm gonna co-opt that into our, our campus interviews and our practice sessions that we do with future uh, finalists for this. So one of the benefits of, of being a Truman Scholar is that you get to meet all of these amazing student leaders from all around the country. Um, and I know earlier this year in May, you attended the Truman Scholar Leadership Week. What did you learn about leadership from that experience, from the programming that they offered and, and from meeting uh, other student leaders around the, around the country? First and foremost, like this was actually, since the pandemic happened my freshman year, this was actually like, the first um, leadership related thing that I was able to attend in person. So I think that outside of like the curriculum, the, the amazing workshops they planned for us, that space that they gave us to like um, teach us more about leadership, to teach us more about what it means to be a public servant. I think like really 
they provided a space for us to to self-reflect. So all those informal interactions with my fellow Truman Scholars from my cohort, I was really able to like stay up late at night and like really just have conversations with them about like what leadership means to them, what their interests are. So really, I think just learning from other people about the things that they do and how they approach their work. Um, and I think the, the other big thing, a big takeaway was that it both like supported and challenged my educational leadership journey just because they really emphasize that there is no singular path for leadership or one way to demonstrate it and that there, your leadership is always evolving and that you shouldn't have to feel like you, you have to stick to one single thing. They're really, they're really encouraging us to explore things outside of what we already know or are comfortable with. That's great. Okay, so, so one last question. Um, this podcast focuses not only on leadership, but also on well-being. The, the Truman application is a pretty arduous process. Um, as I said, we, we started working together 18 months ago, uh, really started working on the application in the fall, and it extends all the way up to April. Uh, it can be really stressful at times. So what advice would you give to future applicants regarding self-care when undertaking uh, a big competitive application like this? Yeah, so I think that the, really the first thing that any applicant should do is understand the work ahead, like you said. And I, I know you've seen other Truman Scholars go through this as well, but it is a lot of hard work. And like the application is not something that you can get done in a week or a weekend because it really requires you to reflect on all the things you've done, what your true values are, um, and so I think what I would say is that to make a schedule, make a schedule of when you're going to write, what you're going to write, and like make sure that you're incorporating your classes when your exams are coming up, your current leadership roles and like the responsibility that entails. So really, it's about planning ahead and making sure you're making time to or you're taking time to like really reflect and like really go through this process with care and intentionality. Um, I think that the other thing I would say is make sure that the application is not the only thing that you're doing, right? So it will take up a lot of the time that, a lot of your time. Um, and just make sure you're doing the things you love, right? So I know like someone recently asked me like wouldn't your life be easier if you stopped doing all the things that you're doing or like wouldn't it be a lot less stressful um and honestly like my answer to them was like no because I love the things that I, that I do whether that's organization or like going organizational things or like going on study abroad or volunteering for things um so honestly my piece of advice besides making that schedule is take the time to do the things you love and even if it's like something fun, like ice skating or working out or spending time with friends and family, that's super important just because it's very important to have that balance. You definitely don't want to bring yourself out because it is a long process. Because after applications, you have to prepare for your interview. And after your interview, you have to prepare for what's after that. So it's just a constant journey of, or just a constant like ride of things, right? Like you're constantly doing something. So making sure there's a balance there. And then there's always the next application because now we have you uh, in the pool for senior year things. So 
Thanks right. so much, uh, Silver, for joining us. Uh, I think this is, is great advice. Thanks for telling us about your Truman journey and, and the advice that you offer to students. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Henry. If you're a student out there thinking that you might want to apply for the Truman Scholarship or another one of ONSF scholarships, please check out our website at lsa.umich.edu backslash ONSF or just Google UMich ONSF and you'll find us. In addition to the Rhodes and Truman Scholarships, we have a number of opportunities for students pursuing STEM research careers, public policy, humanities and social science research. We also have several scholarships for graduate study in the UK, Ireland, France, or China. Our colleagues in the International Institute's Fellowships Office can talk to you about Fulbright or many more international opportunities. Our colleagues in the International Center can talk to you about the two-year Peace Corps process. Not all of these programs are for graduate study. If you're interested in experiential programs, we have those too. I'd love to put in a particular plug for the Raoul Wallenberg Fellowship. That's the program that I asked about in our opening question. What would you do if you had $30,000 to complete a self-designed fellowship year anywhere in the world? If you don't know the story of Raoul Wallenberg, please put this podcast on pause and go look him up right now. He's one of U of M's most illustrious alums. Right now we have Wallenberg fellows who are completing projects in Greenland, Rwanda, and the Dominican Republic. You can read about them on our website. Even if you don't find a good fit with ONSF, I hope that you'll find other opportunities for applications to tell the story of who you are, how you will lead in the future, and how your U of M education is helping you get there. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Zalma for sharing this experience with us. That brings us to the end of this episode, but your reflection on the topic doesn't have to end here. Consider these discussion questions for your own or group reflection. What is your future career trajectory? What does leadership look like in the context of your career? What impact do you hope to have in your future career? Who is currently doing that high impact work in your field? You can find these discussion questions on our website at mlead.umich.edu slash breakaway. There you will also find more information about our guests and more episodes in this series. Please don't forget to leave feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, on behalf of the Michigan Leadership Collaborative, please take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening and go blue.